On this episode of Halftone Takes, we visit the delightful area of soundtracks. Yes, that is original music works for all kinds of media, for all kinds of situations. Working out, driving to work, going to the bathroom, yes, we have it all here, folks. Hankering for more? Well, then keep it locked right here. Let's go! Welcome to Halftone Takes, high contrast conversations where we zoom out to see the bigger picture. I'm Adam Bucheri, the frontman for the band Little Hot Takes. Go listen to our second album, Pure Pedantry. <laughs> and I am Corey Revis, a.k.a. The Light Motif. Ooh, it's so glad <laughs> to hear you again. Oh, oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to hear me again and again. Oh, I can't wait. And again. <laughs> Hopefully it's like slightly different each time. Nah, nah, we don't do that. <laughs> I don't do that. <laughs> All right. And today, uh, our episode is, Corey, I want to talk to you a little bit about soundtracks. Mm, scores, musical scores. Musical scores, movies, video games. Uh, so I love soundtracks. We've talked about this in the musical episode and the Lord of the Rings episode. Um, oh, yeah. I feel like you love soundtracks even more uh i kind of well <laughs> i don't want to say oh i'm i love it a lot more than you do but i do <laughs> enjoy uh original musical scores um from both movies and video games basically everything uh mm -hmm. i love them a lot they give me um they are one of my uh i guess powers like my power generators, basically my creative sure. juices. They get the creative juices flowing, and they've been doing this since I was a little kid. Um, I was the kid that grabbed my brother's like Fisher Price recorder uh, and popped my Hell own yeah. uh, <laughs> tape into it and told uh, my siblings to shut up while I held the <laughs> mic up to the. Uh, you know, the uh, the TV uh, mic, I mean, the TV uh, speaker, and then would just record the entire song of something uh, uh -huh, onto, uh -huh. like, separate tapes. Uh, and then I would replay them all the time. And while I was playing with my action figures on the floor, because I've always had that cinematic mind, too. Not, not recording anything, mind you. I didn't have a camera where I just sat it to the side and I would record, like, stop-motion stuff. I'm talking in my own head, I would act out how I would, how, like, scenes would go. And how yeah. the camera would be facing and how, like, you know, stuff would, you know, the camera would truck with, like, the racing car and stuff like that. I, I was that kid. I was really weird. <laughs> but, you know, it translated into who I am today, where it's like I just see things cinematically and it's always with mm -hmm. music. Um, so, yeah, I definitely remember in animation classes, you would constantly be talking about like, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm going to animate this thing. But also imagine the soundtrack and it's going to come in and like, and then the soundtrack swells. <laughs> and yeah. then like right then the camera turns. <laughs> and yeah. like, oh, mm, 
mm, that's gonna be on point. And then he's gonna be walking, and each footstep is gonna hit the beat, and it's just gonna be so smooth. <laughs> and then I'm gonna turn it into a Saturday Night Fever. <laughs> that's what I'm making, Saturday Night Fever. <laughs> that's right. Um, yeah. So, so like the way that you would talk about that was always uh, very ingrained. Uh, in your vocabulary. Yeah. Well, I don't know if you also remember that back in the day, I made a lot of like AMVs. <laughs> yep. And that was a huge thing for me. I loved watching them. I love seeing how people put stuff together. I was an editing nerd, which is weird, but mm-hmm. I loved, mm-hmm. I love that stuff. I This is part of the reason why I love trailers is, uh, and just watching them and experiencing them because I want to see how they're put together. And yeah. I know when stuff sucks and I know when an, I like, you, you know, an easy way to lose me into an uninterest. Uh, this is definitely on par with what we're talking about today, but an easy way for me to lose interest in your movie slash whatever is if you put a song that sucks in it. <laughs> I don't care how good the movie is. If you put a song in the trailer that sucks and doesn't go with the theme, I'm like you. That's. That's 50% of my interest gone, basically. I specifically remember this one instance where uh, it was a YA novel, that uh, adaptation that came out a while ago. Mm-hmm. But it, you know, the generic stuff. But it was when that one song um, by Imagine Dragons was huge. The, ah, <laughs> uh, oh, shoot. Do you have any idea how little that narrows things yeah, down? Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm trying to say, I'm, I don't want to start singing it. <laughs> That's the thing. But, uh, uh, radioactive. That's what it is. Sure. Uh, and that was everywhere. Everywhere. And I, and I don't mind that song. That song is pretty cool when it's used in the right context. Um, Corey, Corey is doing this edit and I'm going to insist that he edit in radioactive, um, radioactive Leon S. Kennedy death sound Yoda scream. (laughs) What? (laughs) That was, um, kind of how I felt about, uh, not only like just trailers and how things are put together, but also mm-hmm. just music that's used in any type of media in general. Um, music is a way to not only bring, I mean, without it being connected to media, music does the exact same thing. It connects mm-hmm. you to thoughts and memories and experiences regardless. So, you know, that's why people remember certain songs, certain you know, uh, motifs and everything like that. And they Mm. associate it with movies, even though they did not necessarily like or dislike that movie or what have you. Um, I think it's his own special blend of creative uh, jumpstart, basically, for any type of that kind of medium, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I I mean, like, uh, we've talked before about, like, the things that we do to inspire ourselves, like, the the creative things that, like, uh, get us going. And so, like, Mm -hmm. yeah, music is definitely, has always been something that has been big for you in that regard. Yeah. Uh, And so, with that said, uh, the outline for the show today, the big questions that I'm going to be asking you are, how do you interact with soundtracks? 
uh, which is a big question. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two is what makes a soundtrack memorable for you? And then what soundtracks are the most inspirational to you? Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. So uh, the first one, how do you interact with soundtracks? And by that, I mean, like, uh, uh, you, you've already talked about using the Fisher Price microphone in order to <laughs> record stuff from there. Uh, what, what, let's say that there's a soundtrack and you're just like, oh, hell yeah. Is it just something where it's like, I'm just going to put this on in the background? Does it become background noise or like workout noise, you know, where people mm-hmm. have like workout tracks? Uh, is it something where it's like, I'm going to play this on loop until I fucking burn myself out <laughs> on it? Or, it, or is it something that, like, you, you give, like, a more active engagement with? Um, I, would, I wouldn't say it's active. Uh, what I usually do with soundtracks, I have a playlist on, for example, I have a playlist on my Pandora, because I use mm. Pandora, uh, called Morning OSTs, because I drive very early in the morning. And how... A lot of people might blast rock music or blast hard rap or something mm-hmm, like that mm-hmm. to wake up. I do not do that. I do the opposite. I play a lot of soft things. I play a lot of, um, you know, not necessarily like meditation music, but <laughs> sure. uh, but soundtracks are, you know, that's why I have a whole playlist full of full of the tracks that I like. Um, <laughs> I usually don't play like one single soundtrack the whole way through. I do that on a first listen. I like Mm. listening the whole way through just to get a feel for like, Oh, how is this going to, you know, how am I going to react to this? And usually that's when I find like the tracks that I like. Um, cause then I'm like, Oh, I love that. That sounds really good. And then, you know, that's when I'll start playing things on loop when I pick out certain tracks that I like. But until then, most of the time, I when I first hear something um, that I really enjoy from a movie or, you know, TV show or what have you or video game, mm-hmm. um, I'll listen to the whole thing because especially with video games, because you don't hear technically how you don't hear everything that's playing when you're playing the video game. Unless it's super slow or something like Journey, where you're supposed to hear it because it's supposed to bring you into the game. Mm. Um, So you might miss a whole bunch of stuff because you're playing a video game. You're not really paying attention. So you listen to the whole thing and then you're like, oh, man, this is actually really good. Um, But yeah, so that's how I usually engage with um, original, uh, like especially movie scores. Um, I listen to it like on driving or something like that. Or, you know, while I'm drawing, I can listen to, I have a whole bunch of them saved on like YouTube or something where I just click it and then I just let it run in the background yeah. as I'm drawing. Cause that's my relaxing music. But that also jump starts my brain, not in a hyper way. I don't get excited. Uh, I mean, I don't get like a, not necessarily anxious or something like that. It, my brain works on overdrive while my body is like, just sits there. <laughs> so it's like a volcano going off in my brain while I'm, you know, I have the straight face on the stone face on like, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. But there, yeah, there's a professor, professor Xavier mind storm happening <laughs> yeah. behind the facade. Yeah. So um, yeah, 
So, so like for me, like um, when I bring music into my creative process, what often happens is that like I find a specific song that embodies a mood that I'm going for. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I absolutely run it into <laughs> the dirt <laughs> and, and just like play it on loop for like yeah. four, six hours straight, which like there's a certain person who would probably look at me and be like, that sounds diseased. You shouldn't do that. But <laughs> depends um, on the song uh, to me. I'm going to, I'm sure. going to be that guy. It's gonna, it depends on the song. If it, if the song is like seven to 10, minutes long which there are songs like that oh sure then i wouldn't be that bad but if it's like two minutes and did you put <laughs> i'm like for like an for hours either a you're not listening to it after a while but mm. you notice when it's turned off <laughs> and there are people yeah. like that or you know i just i just want the ambient vibes i just yeah. i just want the the <laughs> the mood so for example um i had a failed project where i tried to make a uh speed racer tabletop game um, <laughs> okay <laughs> and, and i i couldn't crack the code and that's fine like you know you you gotta be uh fail faster is my <laughs> yeah. creative philosophy like they're not all gonna be winners that's fine um yeah. but like Rivers in the Desert from Persona 5 was the song that I was like, this is the mood. Like, you could go for a racing game. Like, there's Mm -hmm. a lot of directions you could go. Um, You know, Mario Kart being the obvious one. The Speed Racer soundtrack, also pretty obvious. And that was good, and I did listen to a good amount of it. But, like, Rivers in the Desert, something about it, like, captured exactly the the vibe (laughs) that I was hoping for. Oh, I, I get that. 100%. 100%. Um, I'm going to tell you right now, there is a song by... Uh, do you know who Yanni is? I am aware of Yanni. <laughs> Y-A-N-N-E. Oh, I. I. Yeah, Y-A-N-N-I. Uh, yeah, I used to listen to him on loop when I was younger. And mm. this all because of my mom. Uh, mm. th- that's another story. But... Um, he has a specific song that is on his Acropolis, uh, Live at the Acropolis album, um, that I will I still listen to on loop because it sounds so much like racing in the desert. Uh-huh. Yes. It's in, you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I forget no, what it's. No, I don't, but I'm just like, hell yeah, I'm, I'm here for that vibe. Oh, man. Yeah, it, it's great. Um, so, yeah, I 100%. I do that whenever I connect something specifically to a song. I'm like, or a track off of a soundtrack. I'm like, oh, this sounds like this. Mm-hmm. What I'm thinking of right now. Whenever I hear this, it sounds like this. It sounds like this specific scene. It sounds, I can translate this to one of like my like scenes or something that I'm crafting or writing or something like that. This is what it's supposed, mm-hmm. this is what's supposed to happen. This is what they want. <laughs> this is what they want for me. <laughs> so yeah. And yeah. I've always been like, and I like I said, I, I think I said this in a previous um podcast, but uh I thought I was weird for doing that. For mm-hmm. like, oh, you don't you guys don't get insp- like inspired by music and like listening to some classical music or something like that, or even just music that people make, like albums, actual singing and you know, stuff like that. Yeah. You guys don't get inspired by that? And then I find out that there's a lot of industry people that do that. I'm like, oh, yes, I'm not crazy. Yes. <laughs> well, it's like 
<clears throat> again, animation, you know, uh, uh, if you aren't connected with other animators, you might be like, uh, I'm a real weirdo because every time I yeah. animate someone talking, I'm constantly making crazy faces in mirrors and just be like, <laughs> yes, like ooh, making like, ooh, ooh, <laughs> uh, like oh. making all kinds of like crazy faces while I'm trying to draw <laughs> yeah. the thing. Uh, and it's just like, nope, that's 100% nope. the process. That's how yep. you do it. <laughs> yep. It would be weird if you didn't. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I got the same kind of vibe when I would uh, create, when I would draw, like, um, even for my comic, uh, I would draw, like, action scenes or fighting scenes. I would get up and do them. Like, yeah. I would just be like, okay, how would they... How would this work? How would this look? Yeah. And, are the, are the yeah. shoulders at the right angle? Are the yeah, shoulders counter yes. to the hips? Yes. Are, I how, yeah. how far <laughs> splayed are the legs? What's yeah. the most, what's the correct tilt of the hands? Yeah. I, uh, I love boxing. Uh, and <laughs> I love martial arts stuff anyway. Like I have a huge martial arts, like old school cinema nerd. I love Bruce Lee and everything. So yeah. I paid attention to that stuff. But I really enjoy how box boxers move. Um, yeah. Like even on like like fighting games, I play a lot of boxers, so I move back and forth, which is actually funny. I can loop this back around to music, is because mm -hmm. some of Rocky's music is some of the best stuff cinematically that I have ever seen. <laughs> uh -huh. If you ever listen to like Rocky's soundtrack while the fight is going on, it's great. It's we're talking about really the good. original soundtracks, yeah, not original, licensed songs. Yeah, not licensed songs. The original <laughs> soundtrack. It's very good. Um, there's a reason why that is one of the most recognized uh, themes in cinema. Is Rocky's theme. You know, everybody knows that. I don't want to hear. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I similarly like feel that way about like incorporating music into the creative process. Um, at least for like the solo creative process. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if I, I can't imagine like trying to collaborate with someone and just being like, Hey, I'm going to blast rivers in the desert for four hours. That would be the worst. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Um, I mean, not for, yeah, not like on the, on the intercom. Yeah. <laughs> this is what you're all going to listen to for about an app for yeah. about a year. <laughs> this is mandatory. Oh God, that'd be the worst. But like, um, but like personally, the way that I associate, uh, that and like uh, use that musical flow in order to uh, try to translate something, even mm -hmm. if it's wildly different. You know, um, I've talked with my wife about there being like almost an element of synesthesia, where yeah. you're you're translating one thing into another thing, and so like for me, like there's there's a distinct like sense of kineticism to a lot of music where it's just mm -hmm. like. There's there there are kinds of motions that fit with what's happening. Oh, absolutely. Um, so like the 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 one that I go to uh just because like I feel very confident about saying this is um you're aware of Ennio Morricone's The Ext Ecstasy of Gold from oh, The Good, ooh, The Bad, and The Ugly ooh, soundtrack. Ooh. One of the all-time greats. Um absolutely one of my all-time favorite uh, uh, soundtrack moments. Abs that is excellent. Do you have, I used to have it, uh, cause I borrowed it from one of my friends and I just kept it. Uh, uh -huh. <laughs> the, um, uh, oh man, who is the guy, uh, who played the cello? His, um, I forget it. Yo-Yo Ma? Yo-Yo Ma. Yeah. You know when he did like a lot of his renditions and that's 
uh, Ecstasy and Gold is in on on that album. I was not aware that he did an Ecstasy of Gold cover. That's awesome. Absolutely, the one of the greatest things. <laughs> I was like, yes, yes. I will be listening to that later. Yeah. But uh, the <laughs> point is that like Ecstasy of Gold and uh, um, the 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 kinetic sense that I get from it is mm-hmm. this is a full tilt sprint in slow motion. Oh, okay. I get it. I can see it in my head because I'm going yeah. through that song right now in my head and I'm like, I can see that because here's the thing. What we're doing right now, mm-hmm. this is why, to me, music soundtracks and scoring is so important because we're thinking we are listening to the same song and yet we got two different scenes going on in our head. Yeah. And because how when I listen to that, um, I'm thinking of like a Western, uh, but at the mm-hmm. same time, I'm thinking of like one of those crazy like cinematic shootouts where. Sure. You know, yeah, absolutely. You know, the slow walk up and then, you know, it's like a you know, uh, rookie sheriff that people don't know walking into like a, almost a ghost town and that's taken over by like bandits or something. And they're all hiding because they're all waiting for him. And then he just walks in slowly and he knows where they are, but he's such a quick draw. So when it starts kicking in, it's like, boom, boom. And then it, as that happens, it gets faster, but not because he's getting faster because the camera's moving around him faster. So yeah. it's at the end of the whole song, he it rotates like the whole way around <laughs> him, super quick, and everything. Like I can see it in my head, but <laughs> I mean, this is what I'm talking about. Where it's yeah. like, so, so this is how yeah. it goes. Where it's like I'm like this captures a specific feeling, and then Corey's like, let me paint an entire sequence for yeah. you. <laughs> I can't help it; it just comes to me, and then it's I have just to just you do slowly it. cut it back. Uh, hey, but I got that from you. It's like, okay, I love all the energy. Let's start mm-hmm. cutting back layers so we can get it lean and mean and good and good to mm-hmm. go. And I'm like, you're absolutely right. Let's do that. So, <laughs> but yeah. All right. Uh, I'm going to move on to the second question, okay. which is uh, <laughs> what makes a soundtrack memorable for okay. you? Okay. So back to like a, a broad overview topic. Well, I can't. You don't listen to every soundtrack that's ever been made, right? You're picking and choosing, and some of them are Absolutely. going to stand out to you. What qualities are you looking for? Because I know a lot of people who are just like melody only, like that's the only thing that I care mm-hmm. about. Um, but there's so many different kinds of oh, yeah. soundtracks, and so many different instrument palettes and composers and all that stuff. So, like, what what stuff? are you drawn to okay this is this is a really good question one uh because i think this is going to cover quite a bit of stuff in regards to my favorites which i'm Mm. pretty sure that's what like kind of what you were uh slightly asking subtly asking the the third question is what soundtracks are most inspirational to you so i'm assuming that they'll there'll be some bleed between those yeah i got three i got three but Mm -hmm. right now i'm going to talk about um, composers. This is what yeah. I'm. This I'm gonna go a little bit into com, uh, composers and composition because uh, there's a lot across movies, TV, video mm-hmm. games. It's crazy. Um, because uh, you mentioned 
in our previous episode uh, about Lord of the Rings, where you yep. went nuts uh, <laughs> and you were talking about Howard Shore is the God's gift to music. He it's, is my all time favorite. <laughs> it's, it's just the Lord of the Rings soundtrack. I couldn't tell you another soundtrack that he's done. I know. But, and I'm about to tell you, <laughs> but the Lord of the Rings soundtrack is immaculate top to bottom and is one of the great achievements and, and original soundtracks. Yes. So. He made something that is instantly recognizable and that's what you kind of mm. want. It's not possible with everything, but that's what you do kind of want. Um, <laughs> For me, when you said Howard Shore is like, oh, Lord of the Rings, I'm like, that is his big thing. Uh, when I first heard him, um, and I had to go back and listen to it, and I was like, oh, yeah, that is the theme for it. Uh, Silence of the Lambs, one of the all-time greatest classics of uh, the modern era. Uh, he did that. And I think nice. that's one of his best ones, especially the theme for Silence of the Lambs. So, well done, Howard. Yeah, he's he's good. He hasn't done a. I don't think he's done a lot, but he's done enough. A huge, like huge, huge roster of stuff. The, the problem is that the Lord of the Rings looms so large that it kind of erases everything else. That was his big thing. I'm looking at his filmography, and it goes back to 1979. So yeah. he's done a lot. Yeah. Uh, when I say now, when I say he's done a lot, I mean. Has he done a lot in like the public, like the not, I don't want to say the public eye, but it's recognizable. That's what I mean when mm. he says done a lot. Um, not saying, not putting anything on his ability. He's obviously very good. Yeah, <laughs> but he has he's very specific too, though, um, because this is why I wanted to go into kind of composers and what I like personally. Mm. Uh, I am a big fan of sweeping uh, whimsical fantasy sure. uh, stuff. Uh, so I am a big fan of James Newton Howard. Uh, he is, I'm going to mention this, but I'm not going to go into it. He is the composer for uh, my, one of my top five favorite move like films of all time. Unbreakable. Um, that soundtrack Ooh. is 100% immaculate to me. I love it. Uh, that is my that is like my thing where it's like nah that to me that score can't be touched. It is it it fits perfectly with that um, that movie's aesthetic and tone and everything like that. He does such a good job. Um, and there's a little bit of if you think of anything with uh, I don't want to say John Williams because I like a lot of John Williams stuff, <laughs> but not everything he does because i'm going to be honest and this is a hot take this is a hot tone take a lot of his stuff bleeds together <laughs> so, I, i'll agree that there can be some sameness to uh yes. the immaculate mr williams who like rightfully is in the pantheon like there's no yeah. doubt about that but like there are definitely some uh redundancies in there I yeah feel. and i guess that's kind of the curse of if you get too big you start mm. to sound like everybody's like, oh man, this sounds like Star Wars. <laughs> oh man, sure. This sounds like Star Wars. Oh man, this sounds like Superman. Which is really funny because there's a lot of influences out there that take from the super the original Superman theme. Oh, absolutely. And stuff um, like that. So my hot take is that I think the Star Wars prequels have the best soundtrack of the three trilogies. 
your heart your hot take is not a hot take at all because i've heard that multiple times from people it's, that look, it's really good <laughs> i got objections to the movies great fucking music i mean i know that's one of the things you kind of wanted to get into is uh just because the soundtrack's good does that mean you have to like the movie and i'm like no that's not true in my opinion yeah, because yeah. here's the thing you're treating one piece of media that links that is linked with another piece of media but it can exist separately you would listen to music yeah. anyway <laughs> type for thing. sure i guess i guess the thing that i was saying with that was that like there's a lot of music out there that like people would not listen to if it didn't have an association with something else you know this kind of yeah. dovetails into my grand theory of goober music where it's <laughs> like if if someone just released like hey check it out this is my album it's called metal gear rising um people would be like oh like weird what an eclectic mix of strange uh <laughs> dork yeah. rock uh but then you put Blood it in rock. a video game and everyone's just like hell yeah <laughs> but at the same time that can be in reverse too because people would, it definitely can because uh i mean sonic is like sonic the hedgehog is like a, i think a prime example of this where there's so much butt rock in the <laughs> in the modern sonic sonic games like sonic frontiers which isn't actually a bad game but people who have no interest in sonic but then they mm. listen to like the boss theme and you're like what what is this? And then you listen to it outside of, you know, yeah, the, yeah. Uh, because I mean, there's, uh, I'm pretty sure there's, uh, what's his name? Hold on. I wrote, I actually have notes. Uh, but you're talking about as music as a gateway into like something that you might not otherwise be into. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, Masato, uh, Nakamura, I'm pretty sure he's been a long time, uh, Sonic composer. But I'm pretty sure he also plays the guitar and plays a lot of those, like, <laughs> I think it's, uh, it's not some 40, it's not some 41, it's, uh, Crush 40, Crush 40, if you guys know, you guys know what I'm talking about. You... I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. Oh, look up Crush 40. Uh, audience, <laughs> audience, audience, members. the, what do we call them, the blobs, the, uh, what the meats the um the fuck what are, we are call, you talking about what do we call what do we call our audience <laughs> oh uh that's been established our audience is called halfwits oh really i didn't know <laughs> this <laughs> yeah that's canon that's in the <laughs> i didn't know this what up halfwits <laughs> that's that's really funny that's really funny uh yeah so yes the halfwits out there uh look up crush 40 it's awesome i mean they're awesome they do all the non-diegetic music. Gotcha. Uh, for a lot of the Sonic games, the modern Sonic games. Um, as the theme of, and this is a good example, the theme of um, uh, Sonic Heroes, which is a terrible game. I had that for GameCube, <laughs> and it's ridiculously janky. Uh, but the theme is one of the best. <laughs> the theme is awesome. <laughs> Corey, would you so. describe Crush 40 as Sonic's Poets of the Fall? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's actually a good, that's a good way. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. That wasn't so hard. Yeah. Um, Except they, but uh, Poets of the Fall, their music is actually in their, in the games that they exist in. So it's like both no, diegetic mm. and non-diegetic. And I don't know how they managed to like, 
walk that line. But <laughs> because Alan Wake has their stuff in the game, he's yeah. listening to it on the radio. But at the same time, they exist outside of the game, too. Um, I guess that's just the narrative of like those uh, those games anyway. The uh, what you call it universe. The just the the remedy connected. Yeah, the remedy. Yeah, the remedy connected. Alan universe. Wake and Max Payne and uh, control. Uh, control and yeah. But yeah, so it's really it's really interesting. But circling mm. back, what I tend to like um, gravitate towards is very soft, whimsical, mixed with you know, like Harry Potter, but not necessarily like Harry Potter, uh, but something like that. Something that, uh, what's his name? Uh, Harry Grayson, Harry Grayson Williams does with like the Narnia sure. movies. Uh-huh. I was also going to name drop um, Bruno Kuleas, who did Coraline. Uh, I, I, actually, it's Coulet. Oh, my yes. apologies, Mr. Coulet. Yes. Thank you for correcting me. Um. But yeah, I I love that soundtrack. Uh, and then uh, Joe Hisashi with uh, Howl's Moving Castle, and I think a lot of the other Ghibli. Like he is like a rock star over in Japan, uh-huh. like a genuine, like almost like John Williams rock star over there. I guess I'm not uh, uh, familiar entirely familiar with his reputation. I knew him. That I know that he does mostly Ghibli soundtracks. I don't know how many of them he's done, but. Uh, I think he's uh, done quite a few. Man, he's done. Yeah, he's done quite a few. I can't think off the top of my head. He's done most of them, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like a genuine darling of how Miyazaki. Uh, Miyazaki and him are like close. Uh, uh, I just want to say that I walked down the aisle at my wedding to uh, the name uh, Path of the Wind from my neighbor Totoro. Oh. So, <laughs> so thanks, Joe. Thanks, Joe. <laughs> thanks, Joe. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's a good, he's a good example of the kind of music I like, where it has that very kind of light, whimsical stuff, but he can get loud when he wants to. And mm. Howl's Moving Castle is a really good example of that. Uh, the best example is definitely my favorite uh, Ghibli film, Castle in the Sky. I'm pretty sure, sure he did that. I'm pretty love sure he soundtrack. did. I uh, he love, did. yes, I love that theme. Absolutely love that theme. I think it's one of the best. Um, cause I'm big into how music, uh, I guess reverberates, if that makes any sense when quiet moments happen or when talking happens. Um, yeah, absolutely. I think a big, I think another big example of that, cause I'm throwing out examples left and right because it's just, my brain is like going crazy right now with music is, um, have you ever seen the movie 12 years a slave? I have not. Okay. It's a very good movie. Um, it's very long. <laughs> and it's sad, uh, obviously. But uh, there is a part in that movie where uh, the main character is just looking. You know, he's just reflecting and just looking in mm-hmm. the dark. In just the... It, it shows his face just like... Almost like a, what the hell is going on type situation. Yeah. The soundtrack during that... I mean, the score during that specific scene, and this scene goes on for like a couple minutes of him just looking. (laughs) And I'm like, wow, this is really good. This is really, you know, uh, it's quiet, but it's loud at the same time because it wants you to get 
you know, in my opinion, this is how it wants you to feel of what the hell type yeah. situation. And I was uh, like, oh man, that's what I really love. That I love that. So the the distinction to me that you're drawing is what I would call like backgrounded music versus foregrounded music. You know, yeah, they push it up. Yeah, it, it just how how important the music is to the moment right now it's never not important right mm -hmm. but there's a lot of soundtracks that are designed to kind of fade in the background and become kind of like a mood palette rather yes. than the thing that you're focusing on mm -hmm. um but you're describing something that's like really coming to the forefront and it's like no this music is the emotion that's happening here yes. this is the thing that you this is this is what you're meant to feel like i guess mm -hmm. um which uh, this is something I want to ask you, how yeah. you feel about uh, this particular thing that tends to happen is when people, when this happens with certain musical scores and whatnot, people call that manipulative. And I say, sure, they're right, mm. but that's what's supposed to happen because you're supposed to s somehow feel a certain way. Now, mm -hmm. it. You know, whether you do, that's on you. But there is a reason why the score is made after the fact of the movie, <laughs> of the film. So, yeah. you know, and not beforehand. So how do you feel about that? Do you feel like that's, like, sinister? Or is that, you know, this is meant to be a part of the, you know, the media process. This is it supposed to be, like, melded together. It's definitely not sinister. Like what people yeah. are complaining about when they say that to, to me, like, you know, this is mm -hmm. my interpretation of it. Uh, take that as you will. But what I think that they are saying is that like this moment emotionally is unearned and they are playing the music to try to earn the moment yeah to in a way it. outside of the narrative right like it's just like they didn't lay the groundwork for me to feel this way but they're still trying to make me feel that way and that's when it feels mm -hmm. manipulative where and it's and it's like all art is manipulative yes. that's the point yes. of it right that, it's like, that's what i was always thinking as an artist i am trying to make you feel a way that is part of the point of it um even if it's i want you to feel like this is dumb fun right like mm -hmm. it, it doesn't have to be a grand purpose but it, there's always a purpose and it doesn't matter if it's fucking willie's wonderland and it's the <laughs> dumbest hammers <laughs> Like, it doesn't matter if it's, it doesn't have to be smart. It doesn't have to be sophisticated. Mm -hmm. The message doesn't have to be those things. But, like, regardless, there is an element of, like, the art needs to earn this payoff. Yes. And if it doesn't do that, and if I'm not feeling the way that it wants me to, then it's going to fall flat, you know, one way or the other. Um, and, and that's what I think the real argument is. It's like this art is ineffective at achieving its goals. Mm -hmm. um, you know, for me, um, I'm going to try to keep it as spoiler free as possible, but minor spoilers for The Last of Us Part One. Um, at the end of the game, 
Mm-hmm. When I first played that game, I did not know how to engage with it. And I was trying to like put myself in the shoes and trying to like embody the character. Yeah. And that is not what the game is asking me to do. The game mm-hmm. is a pre-written script and is asking me to go through the motions. Yes. Right. Um, and that's a subtle but important distinction because by the end of the game, I was vehemently disagreeing with the actions that the character that I was playing mm. as was taking. And as a result, like uh, um, some of those final uh, emotional moments mm-hmm. turned sour to me because I wasn't in agreement with the media because I wasn't on the same page because my mindset was wrong. Mm. And like uh, on a replay, I can put myself into that mindset and I can get myself into that position. But like, I feel like the game could have done a better job at like expressing that, like it wasn't my choices that were important. It was the character and the character was already written. Yeah. Um, and that kind of dissonance is, I think, closer to what we're talking about rather okay. than like. Uh, um, it, so, like, let's let's go to a movie because that's just easier to talk about. Mm-hmm. Ponyo. The ending of Ponyo does not work for me <laughs> because it's about toddler romance and I just yeah. don't like toddler romance. Yeah. And so, you know, you get this big sweeping score and then the voice of Liam Neeson is like, oh, it looks like it is true love between my infant child and your infant child. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, what are you talking about, movie? Stop, <laughs> stop the soundtrack. Stop these soft, gentle strings. I need to tell you that this is bullshit. Like, this is not <laughs> working for me um yeah and you know is that the fault of the soundtrack no right it's like me as an audience member feeling like uh uh, just a a sense of disagreement between the art and so like i could see someone's calling that manipulation trying to get me to feel a way that i don't feel um but really the only difference is whether or not i agree with the art yes Um, and 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 here's the thing as an audience member i am persuadable so to me that is a failure of the art to not make a strong enough Mm -hmm. argument um for its position yes that is uh really good (laughs) because that's kind of it's almost like 100 percent how i feel about that it's like uh what i'm going to basically you know, paraphrase kind of what you said is it's your choice to engage kind of with that and say, Oh, I agree with it, with how you used it here, or Mm -hmm. I don't agree with how you used it here. It does. It's not like, cause that's what they're trying to do is trying to quote unquote manipulate you into feeling to agreeing, like you said, with the music. So do you agree where it is here or do you're like, "Mm, I don't, I'm not feeling this because I think uh, the last of us part one is a really good example of, of that, of, cause I felt this kind of, (laughs) it's funny cause I felt the kind of the same way. And I was like, come on, Mm -hmm. man, (laughs) you don't have to do that. No, what are you doing? What are you doing? Yeah. It's it's literally like, what are you doing, man? I didn't ask for this. I get it though. It's just a story. Yeah. But this is on rails. I didn't make this decision. This is on rails. So, you know, Uh, and, and like me disagreeing with the art does not detract from the fact 
that that soundtrack rules. It's a oh, yeah. great soundtrack. It's very good. It's very um, good. They knew what I, they were going for uh, when they uh, made that. I forget who composed that. Shoot. It is Gustavo Santa Oyaya. Santa oh, Olaya. Okay. All right. Oh, um, man, I'm going to have to look that back up. Who, but yeah. Uh, like, honestly, I don't know from anywhere else i think he's just like a real musician and then was brought on for this soundtrack i don't know uh uh, if he has composed for a lot of other stuff um but like it is absolutely a standout like uh really excellent spanish guitar uh i we have a local symphony here uh, okay. in my, uh, uh, I want to call it my hometown, but it's the place I've lived for ten years, so I don't know what better word there is. It's not uh, a hometown; it's just your town. Ta- it's just your your home. My current city <laughs> of residence. Um, but but there's a uh, orchestra that plays, and we go there pretty frequently. And there was a oh, okay. live um, Spanish guitar player who was absolutely really? spectacular, and just like. Yeah, I, I love that instrument and I love that instrument palette, which was one of the, the, the questions was just like, you know, are there specific instruments or instrument palettes or like sounds that yeah. like draw you to a soundtrack? I mean, that that definitely because uh, uh, first I'm going to just piggyback off of what you just said, where because that reminded me of um, the Red Dead soundtrack. Uh, oh, sure. When they brought in um, Jose Gonzalez, I believe, and it was the same thing where it's. It's the only track that he does, but it's the one that everybody remembers because he does it right in, I think, the middle, like the very middle of the game where you cross over into Mexico. And it's uh, this quiet yes, I've heard people thing, talk about that. And it's one of the greatest transitions because it's like, oh, boy, it gets you pumped, but not in like a, you know, rock star way. It just gets you like oh, it's going to be great. This is going to be great type thing. Yeah. And it's not even, it's so soft and everything like that. I'm like, okay. But going back to me of what I specifically like, um, I like strings. I, I love piano motifs. I love piano. Uh-huh. Um, I love keys. Uh, when I saw the Batman, uh, the recent one, yep. uh, there is a Sonata in Darkness. It's like a ten to twelve minute song, but it is nothing but it's nothing but piano of the main theme and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, this is so good. I can listen <laughs> to this on loop. I love this. And um, another one, uh, and this goes into kind of what we were talking about, where you don't have to necessarily love the movie to love the soundtrack. I love the soundtrack to uh, World Trade Center. It's uh by all standards it's kind of an okay movie mm-hmm. uh for Nicolas Cage they, they do as good as they can <laughs> with it I guess uh but I love the soundtrack to that and a, a lot of it is um a lot of it is piano and especially uh the end the end track called resolution I love that thing I used to be able to play that that whole song actually uh I really love that I love any type of piano stuff. Um, I love... Uh, uh, oh, okay. I'm also... I love piano stuff, but I'm also a sucker for background vocals. Uh, whether it be a Ooh. choir or something. Uh-huh. Uh, I still think that Disney's uh, Hunchback of Notre Dame, while it's not a great movie, is still probably one of the best soundtracks they've ever done. Don't at me. I will continue to say that. 
even today. It's a banging set. Well, uh, yeah. there's a couple of misses, but like its highs are incredible. Oh, high. yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. For an opening for that opening. That opening yeah. number is banging for sure. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm a sucker for that. Um, I love and not like in, if you overdo it, that's when mm. it starts getting weird to me. But the ones that I like aren't overdone. And especially if they're like native or they're foreign like mm. choirs, I'm a sucker for that. Like uh, Brother Bear. I know a lot of people harp on Brother Bear. People, mm. a lot of people are like, oh, uh, I'm like, shut up. <laughs> it's about bears. I like the movie. It's pretty decent to me. It's pretty good. Uh, the soundtrack to that is phenomenal. Um, and I think Frozen kind of does the same thing. Uh, it does incorporate some of that. Yeah. Yeah, I love uh, like native voices in uh, soundtracks and stuff like that. Um, totally. And I, and I also really like uh, heavy drum solos. And by heavy drum Ooh. solos, I mean heavy percussion. I mm. love heavy percussion. Um, a recent example of that is uh, Dune. Heavy oh, percussion sure. where you feel it in your gut. That stuff, uh, um, though those movies, um, Denny News movies, um, yes. those soundtracks are just like these walls of sound. Yes. Like they are really kind of overwhelming, uh, in a good way. And and you know what's funny is a lot of those, uh, in his like, uh, films specifically, they're all walls of sound in different ways. Yeah, um, very much so. What is it, Blade Runner? is wall of synth <laughs> uh, i love the blade runner 2049 soundtrack. oh it's so good it's, it's so really good, good. <laughs> it's so good mm -hmm. uh rival it's it's wall of you know string it's wall of strings mm -hmm. uh dune it's wall of percussion <laughs> and, and like tons screaming. of vocals yeah, yeah tons screaming of vocals. they're screaming <laughs> and i was like i love this that it feels very epic like mm. he he it's Hans Zimmer. Like, Hans Zimmer is kind of a genius. And you know what? Another thing I love about Hans Zimmer is he gets into it. He loves his job. Yeah. You can tell. <laughs> he loves his job. But yeah. um, I, I feel like Hans Zimmer has almost become a shorthand for, like, um, generic uh, uh, blockbuster soundtrack. Yeah, which is a which, shame because he does good. <laughs> he does good work. Which I think is is yeah, really reductive because like um Hans Zimmer almost always is collaborating with other people, first of all. But yeah, I tend to like things like that. Uh but I I do like one of okay, you know this. You know this. I'm gonna I'm gonna say this to you. This is from one of your favorite video games of all mm -hmm, time. Mm -hmm. Uh Prey. Mick Gordon is a genius. One, I'm Ugh. just going to say that out loud. The opening soundtrack track to that, Everything yeah. is Going to Be Okay, is one of the best openings to a video game I have ever experienced. Is, I will concur. Is yeah, 75% the music. It's 75% Mick Gordon lifting that up. I, it is amazing. It, it's very interesting. I, I want to throw this out there to you because I do enjoy this is uh, there is a composer called A.R. Rahman. And he does a lot. Of, he's an uh, Indian. And he does a lot of like Indian films and stuff. He famously mm. did the one for uh, Slumdog Millionaire, which I don't even remember oh, when sure. that came out. Uh, was that 2010? 
No, it was earlier than that. I want to say it was like 2003 or something. Yeah, yeah, that was so long ago. Remember when that won? 2008. Jeez, yeah. Remember when that won an Oscar? (laughs) I should do. Uh, But, you know, I, I love the fact that he just has it's part of it's part of the music it's part of the actual original score is he just has like a dance number slash like musical he does a lot of that and that's and that's the thing is does it count as diegetic or non-diegetic if you do that in that context of the culture because to them it's just like no this is always what happens because he has the famous song from that uh film jai ho which is yes. really good. It's really good. Uh, but, like, that theme is throughout the entire film, but then you find out it actually has, <laughs> like, lyrics with right, the dance right. at the end. And I was like, okay. <laughs> Can I weirdly, uh, th- that reminds me of, like, another, like, soundtrack thing that I love. Oh, go um, ahead. Uh, in Scott Pilgrim, <laughs> which is full of great music. Oh, yeah. Um, but, like, he invites Ramona over, and he's like, I wrote a song for you. And he just pulls out a guitar, <laughs> and he's like, Ramona. And he's just like, that's it? He's like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> but then they keep bringing the song back into fuller yeah. and fuller statements, and then it becomes the end credits song with, like, a, a full production. Yeah. And I'm like, God, that rules. Man, what a, what a fun they- thing to do. They they thought that out. They thought that shit out hard with that movie. That oh, movie absolutely. is like phenomenal. That's like phenomenal filmmaking for making it fun. Yeah. And uh ending with that is I like uh scores, like musical scores that are fun. Mm. That are not necessarily energetic, but they're fun to listen to, like John Williams's like E.T. or Indiana Jones is a big one. Indiana Jones, yeah. that soundtrack like makes you want to just grab something and go out, go outside <laughs> and just run into the forest and go on adventures type situation. I want to destroy an ancient temple. <laughs> I want to destroy an ancient temple that's been harboring like slave labor for children. Yeah, yeah I would destroy it too. <laughs> for good. Yeah, for, yeah. In the name of righteousness, I shall destroy this ancient place. But yeah, uh, yeah, the Indiana Jones is a big theme of that. Um, here, here, here's a question um, that I hadn't thought of. Are there soundtracks that you like in their context, but don't like outside of their context? Ooh. Specifically, the one that comes to my mind is The Witch, which... Uh, if you're unfamiliar with that, oh, you should go yeah. look up on YouTube. There's a wonderful documentary talking about the unique instrument they created for that soundtrack called the Anxiety Machine, <laughs> which is just that. like horrible, like saw blades and like whirling gears that yeah. are designed to create these uneasy, tension filled yeah. noises that are unpleasant to listen to. But in the context of the film, I think they are immaculate. Um, oh, I, I do, th- I do uh, kind of know some. One's particular because we're in the realm of horror right now. Because horror tends to do this, have this problem a lot. Where mm-hmm. it's like, outside of this, this film or whatever, I don't really like this. 
Um, the Blair Witch Project. Uh, the original one. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it had... Does that have any music? I thought it was at all... At the very end, I think. I oh, think okay. it's at the very end. Because I'm thinking of a lot of... Uh, I'm going through my Rolodex of, you know, a lot of the composers out there mm-hmm. that do that have very specific things that they do that, you know, okay, I don't think I can listen to this outside. Um, yeah. Um, I think the the person that can do that the best, in my opinion, is Trent Reznor, <laughs> which is another Trent one. Trent Reznor is a great touch point. Yeah. yeah. Trent Reznor is kind of awesome because he seems to be able to just do it all and nobody, everybody expects him to not be able to do it all. Trent yeah. Reznor and, um, what's his, what's his, uh, was it Atticus Ross? Who's his, like, cohort, I'm pretty sure. That sounds uh, right. I bet my wife is yelling at me uh, while listening to this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, that seems correct. Yeah. I think, yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with that. Uh, I'll probably get corrected later if I'm wrong, but I'll go with that. But, you know, Mick Gordon's the same way. Mick Gordon's the same way. He makes actual, like, metal music. But, yeah. And I know. mean, like, like this is, like... Weirdly, I've got a thing for industrial soundtracks. <laughs> yeah. Like, if you have a soundtrack and it's like uh, the baseline for this is going to be rhythmically cutting in and out uh, mm-hmm. TV static, I'm going to be like, <laughs> really? <laughs> Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> That's, That's actually really up. interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's really uh, funny. I, like, industrial like scraping and like creaking and like yeah like weird like static and like hissing and like noises there's it's a really cool palette uh for me that i'm very attracted to so like what comes to mind is like the silent hill soundtrack i was about to say that i was about to say the silent hill yeah big fan of those um the uh Mick Gordon's uh, Argent Metal is like the <laughs> genre that he yep. spawned basically um, from the Doom soundtracks. Like, yep. all of that's incredible to me. Like, I just love if you put a real world sound into your thing, I'm going to be way into it. If you put like a, a hammer striking an anvil into mm-hmm. your soundtrack, I'm in the background being like, hell yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I can, I'm thinking of we all, uh, we all lift. It's from uh, the game Warframe. Uh, when mm. they had one of their uh, past uh, expansions come out, there was a theme of like workers and unions and stuff on yep. this specific planet, and they had that. Ding, ding, ding. That's, and it, that's it was, so like, good very, to me. It, it is that. very good. It was like super memorable. Um, but yeah, so. Yeah, I, yeah I, I do like that too. But I'm glad. I'm that's really cool. I didn't know that you were that into that. That's really cool, though. I mean, for all intents and purposes, that's great because it's good. And like I said, Mick Gordon is like a musical genius, and he loves performing too. And I appreciate that. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, this brings me into uh, something I really enjoy that I don't know if a lot of people, other people, enjoy because I know there's a huge movement about award shows. Uh, But I watched the game awards specifically Mm -hmm. for the game awards orchestra, like at the end of the show. (laughs) Yeah. For the big medley. Yeah. That is one of my all time favorite uh, things uh, about that show. Just period. Because I always enjoy what other games sound like. 
just <laughs> getting a little taste of it. And sometimes that encourages me to actually check out the game. Uh, I know one thing, one game that has actually piqued my interest, and I'm so glad it's on PlayStation Plus for free uh, this month. I was so happy. I was like, yes, I've been wanting to play this, is uh, Plague's Tale Requiem. Um, oh, yeah. When that was a part, I think a couple years ago, was it a year or two ago? It was nominated for Game of the Year. They played that little part of it, and I was <laughs> like, I really like this theme. I want to check out this game. Because I already kind of played a little bit of the first A Plague's Tale. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, all right, I get it. This is kind of crazy, but I like it. Um, but now I really want to check out the sequel to it. So, uh, like I said, I'm glad it's this month that we are currently in uh, mm -hmm. January. It's for it's free on, if you have uh, PlayStation Plus. I'm like, oh, cool. Download immediately. Uh -huh. So, yeah. But... Um, so that's where I get uh, a lot of that kind of stuff from is just coming out, uh, you know, d inspiration and I.E. just uh, finding out all the kind of little things that slowly trying to figure out how what kind of stuff I like from different scores, mm -hmm. what you and whatnot, I should say, and whatnot. So. Yeah, you you were talking earlier about uh, choirs, and that that's definitely also something that works yeah. for me. Um, specifically, I love a male choir. Uh, you know, I like mm -hmm. all choirs basically, but like they're rarer. And mm -hmm. you know, you you get the the Skyrim theme, I was about to or say. <laughs> um, the God of War twenty eighteen main theme, or mm -hmm. uh, you know, what else is great? Fucking Latin choir. Ooh. Oh, oh. You, you know what's funny? My brother, who is classically trained opera singer, he can mm. translate that for me. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, it, a lot of it is Latin, but at the same time, he's told me this, and, you know, I can confirm it with him uh, when he listens to this. Is he, He's told me a long time ago, he's like, half of that is nonsense, though. They're just saying it. words. They're just saying words. It's just like, you know, <laughs> you're, you're listening to the Bloodborne soundtrack, and it's like, sanguine, blah, 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 sanguine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it just seems like they're real into blood. Oh, ole, oh, ole. What are they saying? <laughs> oh, ole, oh, ole. <laughs> That's what they're saying. <laughs> um, um, I particularly like uh, children's choirs. Uh, oh, when they have, yes. Um, the... Uh, score to Blood Diamond. Remember that movie a, a while ago? I have Leonardo never seen DiCaprio? Blood Diamond. It's pretty good. It's actually a lot better than people give it credit for. I think it's pretty good. Um, <laughs> yeah, that soundtrack has a lot of like children's choirs, like African children's choirs. It's really good, and I love cool. it. It's really good. It has some good themes in it. Um, uh, I also think about uh, in the Lord of the Rings for the, <laughs> the last March of the Ents, you have that solo, mm -hmm. uh, you know, that single child like soprano. Yeah. Just like piercing through everything. And it's just like, oh, but it feels good, though, because you're it's like, oh, man, this is because that's how I felt with that, too. With the um, that is one of my all time favorite parts of that of those films is the last March of the Ents. And he's like, the ants are going to war. And you just see all... I love the fact that you see all different types of them. And yeah. they're just like, 
it's a slow moving like wave that's coming and i'm like okay this is good they knew what they were doing with this particular part i love it so yeah it's also in a lot of like the uh narnia movies with a lot of the um mm. especially the first one which i think is the best one and the only one that kind of technically counts but uh <laughs> yeah it's a lot of that too where it's like a lot of single voice um things happening like it's it's very specific spots yeah. uh so yeah really cool i love it i love it mm-hmm. so uh i will also confess to being one of those people where i listened to one winged angel at 13 <laughs> and it was very influential to me as a human being <laughs> i'm telling you i don't know was was that um Masai, was it Masayoshi Soga? No, it's uh, Nobuo Uematsu. Oh, okay, yeah. The, the, yeah. Who, who was the Final Fantasy guy up until, yeah. like, Final Fantasy 12, maybe? Okay, I was about to say uh, 13 or 14, because I know 14 has, uh, I think that's Soken. Th- who 13 does, is like, definitely a new guy, so I want to say up. Th- it might be up through 10 and then 12 through, is a new the, guy, the, but I can't okay. remember. Yeah, uh, I know there's like a couple of them, and I'm talking couple as in three that are the most influential uh, in the Final Fantasy stuff. Yeah, like <laughs> U- Uimatsu, I think um, definitely lo- looms the largest. Uh, although yeah. there's also the guy who does the Final Fantasy Tactics scores. Uh, that is that's true. Yeah, wonderful stuff. Yeah, I, I think that he did the uh, Final Fantasy 12 score. Okay, as well. Yeah, I, I'm uh, pretty sure. That is sure. uh, uh, Hitoshi Sakamoto. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Who did who did uh, the Kingdom Hearts stuff? Is that the same people, or is that like somebody different? Uh, that that's a different person. Okay, that's a different person. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I, I've only ever I played Kingdom Hearts one. Uh, that's the only one that technically counts. As a game, anyway. As a game. <laughs> uh, I, I've said that Kingdom Hearts 2 broke my heart when I was, you know, 14 or whatever. Uh, and then I got mad at it. But, like, Kingdom Hearts 1, pretty banging soundtrack. Uh, top oh, yeah, bottom. absolutely. Um, yeah. That's another reason why I played that game. Because of the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. When they advertised the shit out of that on Disney Channel. And I was like, ooh, ooh, that's cool. Never played Final Fantasy. But this looks cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. They have this secret ingredient that has been keeping me from liking Final Fantasy this whole time. Goofy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you put stick Goofy in anything and it's just like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta stop Sephiroth from destroying Sora! the world! <laughs> Sora! <laughs> Yo! <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, it's really good. Um, yeah, that's... Uh, that's kind of uh, my stuff when it comes to scores that get me that get me going. In other mm-hmm. words, mm-hmm. Uh, I I really enjoy a choir. I really enjoy a piano, um, and I really enjoy like just uh, the loudness. The, the you said like the pushing the music forward to mm-hmm. let you know that this is here for a reason. Um, I really appreciate that. And that happens in a lot of fantasy stuff, in a lot of, like, supernatural, fantasy, whatever kind of films and games and stuff like that. Like, for example, one specific example, it's uh, from Remnant 2, mm-hmm. the game that came out, oof, 
what the middle of last year i believe um Rem- remnant 2 i have not been floored by a musical track in a video game in a long time like the track the imposter kings in remnant 2 it is amazing uh because it ha- it's it happens in like a boss battle and it's just like oh man this is awesome oh this is this is great and then you get to phase two and you're like pause i gotta go take a walk this is off this is awesome i gotta go take a walk i can't believe they've done this and uh, and, uh, that i've never i haven't had that kind of feeling in a long time when it comes to video games not so much with films films like i'm sitting there and i'm totally in sync with it i'm supposed to be that way but with games it's kind of like you're doing double duty you're trying to listen and take all the style in but you're also trying to play the game and not die so (laughs) you know it's one of those things but that that particular uh track off of that soundtrack is phenomenal and all of them are pretty good but that one specifically is like yeah this is this is too good to where I am that guy. I've turned it to you. And I just have it on my YouTube on loop. And I'll just play that and keep listening to the whole thing. <laughs> like again oh. and again. I'm like, yeah, this is great. Because it gives me that certain sense. It, it feels like an epic, crazy, almost Final Fantasy-esque boss battle. Like almost mm-hmm. 16. Like how this is like just crazy. And it's just like a whole cinematic experience. And I'm like, this is what I'm talking about. More of this, please. I know From Software has kind of a history of doing it, but not really, because a lot of that is not, they don't have a lot of music in their games, except in certain particular. I think Elden Ring was the first one that where there's music continuously. Yeah. yeah. Um, which did a lot for that, uh, that game, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I think of another one that everybody loved, uh, was the final, the first phase anyway, of the final boss of Elden Ring, where it's like the grand oh, sure. theme, but it's turned up to 11, and then everybody's like, yes, this is what I imagine this. Yes! <laughs> I mean, From from Software does that trick a couple times, which is like taking the main theme of the, the song and then turning it okay. into the final boss theme. Um, they, they do that in Demon Souls in a way that like really works for me. Um, okay. Only in the original, they ruin it in the remake. Uh, uh, I like the I like the remake soundtrack a lot less because it's it's bigger. But but like Demon Souls specifically, it uh, you know starts out the opening cutscene. You get the Demon Souls like mm-hmm. oh, oh, like main theme, <laughs> yeah. uh, and it's and it's done big with all the bombast and the full orchestra. Yeah. Um, but then the final boss, quote unquote, the real the 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 final challenge yes. of the game. Um, you are fighting them and you get a slow down version of it that's done on a solo organ. Oh, man. And yeah, like for me, that just like totally works. And then in the remake, um, it's once again like a full production. And I'm like, yeah, no, you got you got you got to pull it back. Like the fact that it was like small, but on yeah. the organ, like really worked for me. Yeah, it, it's very much a case by case thing because, mm-hmm. uh, like, in my opinion, anyway, because it works right there. Because Demon Souls is a much more secluded 
type of universe world oh, last thing. It's turned down a lot from what Dark Souls is, where Dark Souls is just like all encapsulating. It's you know neo gothic gobbledygook, <laughs> and I'm like, it's okay, just so much bigger in, yeah. in what it's trying to do. And Demon Souls is like comparatively like so small. Yeah. Um, um, I will say that like I've heard the the complaint that like as the the from software games go on like there's a lot of the boss songs that just are anonymous and fade into the background yeah. and i agree with that i i do wish that like uh you know like dark souls 1 has a lot of like the ha, ha, like uh, uh chorus stuff um but then you get ornstein and smo and it's this beautiful like full like uh, uh, opulent orchestration. Um, and, and I wish that there was a little bit more of that contrast. Like contrast is a really powerful tool, like mm-hmm. deciding to go small in a big moment um, often yeah. works for me. And that, and that's so, it's so interesting with stuff, uh, you know, with video games, it's such a hard thing to kind of manage when mm. I'm really thinking about it. Cause I'm like, okay, you're, you're, the player is engaged with this. Yeah. They're actually doing something. It's not like a film where they're watching something. Mm. They're actually engaged with this. How are you going to manage the music for this type of engagement? Like the contrast yeah. and stuff like that. It's like definitely kind of influence how people feel, including oh, totally. boredom. <laughs> so it's sure. like, yeah, I, I don't like, I, I'm not saying that's bad. I'm just saying that seems like a super hard job and is why I'm not a composer. <laughs> the the thing that I'm specifically appreciating is like intentional anticlimax mm-hmm. where like you go into, you know, um, Dark Souls does it uh, uh, famously when you are fighting the final boss of Dark Souls. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll avoid spoilers for it, but it famously uh, just has a solo piano doing this little like, Blum, blum, blum. You know, this mm-hmm. very like soft plinking piano because what you are fighting is not a grand spectacular battle. It is, you know, the shadow of something that once was great and is now rendered mm-hmm. pathetic. Um, yeah. and, and that kind of intentional anticlimax um, really works for me. Okay. Almost every time. And, and it's a trick that like, Gets pulled a lot, especially by things that are trying to imitate that. You know, Hollow Knight mm-hmm. uh, comes to mind and does the yeah. same trick. Guess what? Works great for me there. I love it there, yeah. too. Yeah, I was about to um, say, like, hey, if it works great, then I'm probably going to like it type situation. <laughs> yeah, cliches are uh, cliches because they work, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and it works for me. Like, I, I'm just generally into it. Uh, so, mm-hmm. so yeah, um, knowing when to go big, knowing when to go small is definitely something that I admire in a soundtrack. Um, you, you know what I, I thought of? Um, I thought of one of my favorite soundtracks in video games, um, Mirror's Edge. Uh, oh, sure. By Solar Fields. Uh, like, that was amazing. I, will, I listened to that soundtrack on loop mm. outside of the game because it was that good to me. And it had something similar, too, because <laughs> you didn't really fight the bad guy at the end. You just got to him and, you know, avoiding spoilers, something happened and you're like, whoa, OK. Uh, but it was more about getting to him. And that's when the music got a built up yeah. type situation. And I was like, OK, that's really cool. So, um, 
but that yeah i i totally get that though uh that is very much a quiet climax i guess you could mm-hmm. call it so and i appreciate those too i think a lot of uh I I don't know about a lot of video games, but a lot of like uh, anime films kind of have that, which Mm. is weird, but it's funny. Uh, I know I'm pretty sure the uh, the Cowboy Bebop film. uh, Oh, sure. The yeah, the Cowboy Bebop film. uh, I'm pretty sure that had that at the end. Because it's just like the main characters, like the main character and the bad guy just fighting by themselves. They're not even around anything. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, yeah, almost inconsequentially in a weird way. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, I've seen that quite a bit when it comes to like anime films and, you know, short series and stuff. Anime short series stuff like they like to downplay what's actually happening even though you built that all the way up to to this and i guess it's just part of like the script writing and stuff like that so yeah 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 uh the the game examples largely have been that i've mentioned have largely been japanese as well so i wonder if it is uh more of a trope over there than it is in the west yeah like it may be a cultural thing because i know that those things exist it could very well be um but it, it works. Yeah, regardless, I'm into yeah. it. Yeah, it's uh, it works. Yeah, cool. Um, so I feel like we've already talked about so many soundtracks. Um, what soundtracks are the most inspirational to you? And it's okay if they're ones that we've already talked about. Um, no, no, I purposefully avoided them. Uh, except for one, I purposefully avoided them. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, there's three of them. Uh, and this happened when I was like a kid. Uh, but they stuck with me even to this day, and I take mm. so much inspiration from uh, not only their composers, but, you know, how they're laid out and how they represent the medium that they're in and what I like to and want to go for mm. in the things that I create. First, I want to say the composers is I'm a big fan. They're They're my three favorite. Like, I guess currently favorites is a nebulous term, but (laughs) uh, James Horner, uh, rest in peace. Uh, I love his stuff. (laughs) I love his stuff. Uh, He uh, sadly passed away, I believe, in 2016 uh, suddenly. But um, yeah, I, I love his stuff. And he does a lot of not necessarily whimsical, but he does serious without it sounding that way. Mm-hmm. And grand, like almost very grand. He does grand very well. Give give me some examples of uh, soundtracks that James Horner has done, so I can just uh, p- place him. The one, the one that is one of my uh, musical inspirations. Surprisingly, you're never going to guess this, but surprisingly, uh-huh. Mighty Joe Young. Mighty uh, Joe Young. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that soundtrack. Um, And that's by James Horner. Um, And part of it, yes, is definitely because it has a theme that incorporates Swahili in it. Oh, cool. I love that. I absolutely love that. I it's on my you know Pandora playlist. I love that (laughs) that theme. I love that uh, soundtrack. Super good. the other one is uh, James Newton Howard, uh, who I mentioned beforehand. His comes from one of my top five 
favorite movies of all time, Unbreakable. He did that. Right. I I think that's the GOAT. I think that particular uh, original soundtrack is untouchable, but that's just me. I know a lot of people... It's actually have... Unbreakable. Boo! Boo! Although I do like that movie, too. I like <laughs> Untouchables. Uh, but... <laughs> oh, I like the Untouchables, too. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Uh, Unbreakable is very good uh, all-around film. That is one of my all-time favorites. Uh, that is the type of film that I would always love to make and everything like that. And including the everything, incorporating everything, including the amazing soundtrack. I know a lot of people have issues with it because it does sound a little hokey at some points. But I think that is perfect. I think it's perfect for what the tone is in that, in that film. So, yeah. And also, Weightlifting is one of the best tracks ever recorded. Uh, in that in that film, one of the best tracks ever recorded is "Weightlifting." Um, the only thing that it doesn't have in that track is a choir in the background, uh, but everything <laughs> else everything else in that is is great. Um, mm-hmm. And then uh, probably one of my biggest uh, in- inspirations is I'm gonna go back to this. It's gonna happen again. If you all have been listening to us for a while, these halfwits, you know what I'm about to say. The Prince of Egypt. <laughs> oh! The Prince of Egypt soundtrack mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. phenomenal. And I'm pretty sure there were some original songs in there that won Oscars. Or at least were nominated. They were that good. Yes. Suck it, Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> I think that movie is just as good as you. Don't at me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But, um, yeah. That soundtrack is amazing. It has everything I love in it. It has the choir like the voice work and everything the um very i don't want to keep saying foreign but like the middle eastern uh voice work Mm -hmm. in it like the women's voice i I think that's great (laughs) i love that when people do that in uh in movies uh and stuff like that and it it, it's technically a musical but all the like music is uh it's extremely really musical. Yeah, and all of them are like I think all of them are good, and that's rare for me mm-hmm. to say that all the songs are really good. Um, and it has one of my all-time favorite tracks in it, which is the Burning Bush uh, scene. That mm-hmm. particular track is like obviously one of the best quiet themes that I've heard, and I'm like it. It works on a level to this day that makes me tear up every time I listen to it. Um, I did it as a kid in the theater, even though I was terrified about stuff because I was a kid and everything. And I was like, oh, this is too big. Cause I also saw it like, because my family is weird. And we sat like towards the front of the screen, <laughs> like almost in front of the screen. On so purpose? Every- yeah, because my family's weird. That's fucking weird. <laughs> <laughs> so I, everything that was happening was like right in my face. Um, but, you know, it, I, it was still super. It was a memorable experience. And half of that was the music. Uh, I was super into the music. Um, and Hans Zimmer isn't even my in my top three favorite composers. Um, the other one is uh, Raman Juwandi. Uh, he Ooh. does a lot of uh, TV shows. He does uh, one of my favorite TV shows, uh, Person of Interest. He did that. 
Uh, he does mm. the theme for Game of Thrones. If you heard Game of Thrones, he did oh, sure. that. Um, which is really good. It's a really good theme. It's now synonymous with like medieval stuff because people play it all the time and everything. So, but yeah, I love him uh, in his work too. He uses a lot of percussion. He uses a lot of mm. like heavy percussion in his stuff. Can I just say, I think it's bogus that the TV show House of the Dragon uses the same fucking theme song as... It is bogus. What it's totally fuck? bogus. Make a new song. Yep. they have, doing? They have enough money in their vaults of HBO that they could very well do that. But At they don't the want to do it. At the very least, do a dubstep remix. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, those are... That's my biggest influences is The Prince of Egypt, Mighty Joe Young... Which is, yes, yeah, surprising. I don't care. Uh, and Unbreakable. Um, and you throw all those together, and you get the Prince of Mighty Joe Unbreakable. And I love <laughs> God, I can't believe that uh, 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 the, the Burning Bush chose Mighty Joe Young to be his, his chosen uh, mouthpiece. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> then, they, then they all started weightlifting. It's, uh, it's all great. It's all great fucking demented <laughs> no it's not <laughs> it works it works it's so good but yeah um yeah that's uh, man i love music uh i am not a musician i can play the piano i can read music uh but my brother is a musician my brother is the one that's like a musical genius but mm -hmm. like like i'm the least musical f person in my family and that's still pretty good by you know all most standards to be like for from what i've been told i tell everybody this i love to talk in front of people i'll talk all day but mm. you you will not get me to sing in front of people i actually have performance yeah. anxiety and i'm like i hate this i don't like this and that's how i was taught actually in the beginning stages anyway i was taught to play the piano by my mom who was also taught like classically but then i actually got an actual teacher um, and she would always make all three of us, me and my siblings, all three of us play and sing at the same time. And I hated it because I couldn't <laughs> do it. I hated it. I hated it. Um, cause I'll play, but I don't like playing and singing. And that's also a very special skill that takes both. That takes all of your brain work to do that very well. So mm -hmm. I apply to anybody who can do that, who can play an instrument and sing at the same time and not be off, not be off key. <laughs> that yeah. is an actual skill. So but it is literally I, playing two instruments at the same time. Yes. Uh, yeah. It's a lot harder than people think. Uh, but yeah, I just I love how music uh, is melded together with like certain media, especially the media that we tend to talk about. Um, I think it's a huge 50 percent of the. 50% of the job, in my opinion. It's 50% mm -hmm. of the job because it's it's funny because you can have the music without the without the media, but you tend to not necessarily have the media without the music a lot of like most of the time. Sometimes you can get away with it, but it, I think it's rare um that you don't have some type of music, even if it's off, even if it's like like you said, like almost silent hilly, where it's just like scraping and all this kind of stuff. It still counts. But it's rare that you don't find any type of music and it's just silent while you're playing a game or especially with films. It feels weird. Just just watch a film and 
turn off the sound, <laughs> turn off the music. Yeah, there, there's a really wonderful um, YouTube video, which is like, here's the end of Star Wars, A New Hope. It's the ceremony scene, (laughs) and we've cut out the music, but they they put the Foley back in, so it's just, like, echoing footsteps in total silence, (laughs) and it's dreadful. It's awful. they're staring at each other. (laughs) They're just staring at each other and just smiling. It's like, (laughs) oh, it's so funny. I think I know that YouTube video that you're talking about, actually. Yeah, so... Yeah, I I dig it. I dig I dig scores. I dig scores. I dig them. Uh, I think that we touched on basically everything that I wanted to talk about. But the one mm-hmm. omission is we didn't talk much about shows. Um, and I oh, do yeah. want to just give a quick shout out to the Avatar: The Last Airbender soundtrack, Ooh, which, yeah. um, you know, as I'm I am a real theme sicko. Like I love yep. uh, uh, themes and stuff, and the themes in Avatar: The Last Airbender are so wonderful. Um, it's the so way that good. they uh, uh, develop and they use different instrument palettes. You know, the the way that Azula's theme is mm. the Fire Nation theme, but in a totally different register with a totally different instrument yep. palette, like. Mm, ah, immaculate. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean the, the last Agni Kai. Uh, <laughs> one of the absolute. Oh my God! Yeah, the last there's Agni a, Kai. The, there's a reason why that sequence works as well as it does. It yeah. wouldn't be near. I think it wouldn't be nearly as powerful without the music incorporated into that. Yeah, it wouldn't be nearly as powerful. The, the so. creators of the show um, lobbied to have, like, hey, we need a full orchestral s- soundtrack recording yeah. of all original music for the finale. And they were like, yeah, okay. And yeah, you guys are making enough money for us. Go ahead yeah, and do sure. it. <laughs> um, wouldn't know it by the way they treated Korra. Oh, I know. But, uh, <laughs> I know. I know. But, like, um, but, but the whole finale, like, it really is phenomenal uh, from a musical standpoint. Oh, um, yeah. It, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, so so I just wanted to give a little bit of love to that because that was like the only omission that I. Uh, you, you know what's funny? Uh, really quick, really quick. Uh, it's funny because I thought you were gonna say somebody else. I'm a, uh, uh, something else, I should say. I thought you were gonna say your darling, your newest darling. My newest darling. What's my yeah. newest darling? Yeah, uh, Bluey. Oh God damn it! I love the music in Bluey. <laughs> I told you. <laughs> it does the um, it does the the um, Looney Tunes trick of like introducing mm-hmm. like classical songs to yep. a young generation, um, which, which like is very good. Good on them. It's I had really to look good. That up. I had to look that up, and I was like, "Oh, you guys are good. <laughs> you guys yeah. are good." Because I love Looney Tunes, and that's how I know a lot of like Gershwin and stuff like that. Rhapsody yeah. in Blue, which is one of my favorite if not my favorite classical song. Uh, so it's like, yeah. I, I love Rhapsody in Blue as well. Rhapsody in Blue is t- uh, a phenom- a towering achievement. And the fact that yes. it's been co-opted by a fucking airplane is just yes. like, you, you, <laughs> give, you give it the respect it deserves. Rhapsody in Blue. Oh, and then, what a, and then what a like, song. Never. <laughs> never. <laughs> but yeah, uh, the, the, the music in Bluey is actually wonderful. Um, and we, <laughs> for Christmas, we spent it with some friends. And I was like, okay, I have to show you a couple of episodes because there's one that has like this amazing, like, oh shit, animation, like uh-huh. moment, like as an yeah. animator, just like They're delighted. Actually doing work. It delighted <laughs> me so much. Um, and then uh, one of the, the one of the friends that we were staying with was like, can we just watch a little bit more? And then the next day. 
he was mm-hmm. just like going around the kitchen doing stuff, being like, da 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 da. Yep. 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 I thought that you were going to expect me to shout out Steven Universe, which also I think has wonderful is, music. Yeah, it um, it does. Um, because I wasn't actually thinking. Because um, when I'm thinking of is stuff that we both like together. Mm. I like the Steven Universe stuff, but I'm not crazy about it. So it does it does the thing where it, like it doesn't have themes, uh, yeah. like motifs, but mm-hmm. like each character has an instrument palette, yeah, which is really fun. And so like I can still watch it like with that inc- that critical part and just mm-hmm. like examine the way that they're using the instruments in order to represent the different characters. And especially you get fusions. And so it's like, Oh, now we're mashing up two different musical palettes mm-hmm. into something new. Um, those are really fun to me. So, yeah. And I, and I know we're uh, super winding down, but I did want to shout out to one of my favorite animated themes um, that I hum on occasion is the original justice league. Not Justice League Unlimited, the original mm-hmm. Justice League theme. I think it's phenomenal. It's so downplayed. Like I said, it's unlike the Unlimited one where it's they definitely like turned it up. It's like it's like almost a rock concert. Yeah. But the first one was like that. Like it, it's it was a little like, reserved. Yes, and I love the reserved one more. So um, mm-hmm. yeah, and also I gotta give a shout out to Tim Burton because of course. Uh, no, no, yeah. Tim Burton. That that um, Danny Elfman. Tim, yeah, Danny Elfman. Thank you. I think those people are the same person. But <laughs> <laughs> Danny Elfman, who composed for Tim Burton's Batman, and therefore yeah, yeah. did Batman the main the, theme for Batman the animated, the animated series. series. Yes, which is um, also very good. You know where I was going. Yeah. Yes. And, yes. and the Batman the animated series opening is one of the all time greats. Yeah, greats, uh, no yeah. doubt. Yeah. So yeah, really cool. Really cool. I like yeah. the music. Music is great. Music is great. Uh, Corey, thank you for telling me about some of it. Let's bring it on down. Oh, uh, let's take it it home. Let's take it home. Are we taking it home? Am I grabbing it and like running home? We're 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 getting close to the microphone and we're getting real cozy with the people out there in podcast land. uh, I just wanted (laughs) to say thank you so much for everyone who's listened to us. And if you've got any questions or comments or suggestions for a topic of an episode, why don't you come and hit us up in the discord link to join us in the show notes. We're also on Instagram. So come and check us out. Oh yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, Owen Wilson. That's Thank you so you much doing. for joining us. On the... I wasn't doing Owen Wilson. <laughs> you were doing Owen Wilson. God damn it. Fuck. <laughs> If you've enjoyed listening, please give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Podcast Actor, wherever else podcasts are rated. Word of mouth is the only way we join, so if you like the show, go tell fucking Owen Wilson. (laughs) Oh, that was so good. Oh, oh, man. Yeah. Corey, who the fuck are you? (laughs) I am Corey Revis, illustrator and comic creator. You can find me on Instagram. Just look up Corey Revis, because I found this out, and I'm an idiot. I'm still, like, new to social media, (laughs) engaging in it constantly. But if you really want to look it up, just look it up at E-A-R-T-H-U-R underscore O-N-E. That's Earther1. That is Earther1. Yeah. Earther1. And look up my uh, 
comic. It's called Dawn of Time. It's on Webtoons. It's pretty awesome. So look that up. Uh, I'm Adam Bucheri. I'm an animator and game designer. You can find my tabletop games at bucheri.itch.io. Corey, what do you think our next episode uh, should be about? I got something for you. I got something for you. Okay. <laughs> okay, we got I got two uh ones that are right up your alley. Uh-huh. First is absurdist humor. Ooh. Uh, oh. so we're talking like Monty Python, uh your your boy Tim Robinson. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, I thought that w- that's right up your alley because you love absurdist. And uh, you know what? To a certain extent, I do too. Because uh, mm-hmm. I'm also thinking of stuff like uh, In Living Color. I don't know if you've ever seen In Living Color. but Not very much, no. You know, yeah, but uh, yeah, stuff like that. Or weird art. We can get really weird. Like oh. A24, Devolver Digital. Uh, mm-hmm. Weird mm-hmm. stuff like that, that. Stuff that I probably have never heard of, but you like engaged in and whatnot. I do... Like, I got to take the weird art. I just yeah, love talking yeah, about, you love, like... You love talking about weird I'm a stuff. little bit of a sicko for just, like, absolutely, like, super specific yeah. weirdo shit. Um, so, and I, I want you to go sicko mode. All right. Time. Yeah. Can do 10-4. 10-4, four. <laughs> good buddy. 10-4, good buddy. All right. So, yeah. Uh, looking forward to that. We will be talking about weirdo art next time (laughs) yeah awesome great and with that i'm gonna go and eat some dinner Mm. Delicious. link my boy this dinner is what all true heroes strive for oh boy I won! We've definitely done the CDI Zelda as an outro before. Fuck me. (laughs) We did not. (laughs) See ya. See ya. (laughs) 